0: SECTION 65 OF A HISTORY OF THE INQUISITION OF SPAIN VOLUME 4 THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG A HISTORY OF THE INQUISITION OF SPAIN VOLUME 4 BY HENRY CHARLES LEE BOOK Eight: SPHERES OF ACTION MISCELLANEOUS BUSINESS chapter sixteen part five the immaculate conception the dogma of the immaculate conception of the virgin had a struggle for recognition through six centuries before it was defined as an article of faith by pious the ninth in eighteen fifty four in Spain, where popular devotion to the Virgin was especially ardent, it had in the seventeenth century become almost universally accepted, except by the Dominicans, whose reverence for their great doctor, St. Thomas Aquinas, bound them to follow him in its denial. In this they had long been fighting a losing battle with their great rivals, the Franciscans, and of late with their still more bitter foes, the Jesuits successive popes sixtus the fourth paul the fourth paul the fifth and gregory the fifteenth in vain sought to suppress the disputatious scandals by forbidding public discussion of the subject under severe penalties and the two latter extended these penalties to those who should publicly assert the virgin to have been conceived in original sin but still the holy see cautiously abstained from declaring the conception to have been immaculate the enforcement of these penalties was confided to all bishops and inquisitors from sixteen seventeen to sixteen fifty six philip the third and philip the fourth made the immaculate conception a matter of state policy by long and earnest efforts with the papacy to decide it affirmatively and negotiations for combined action were carried on with france but the gallican court responded only with pious phrases that in this the crown was but voicing the wishes of the people was manifested when in sixteen thirty six a man who ventured in madrid to assert that the virgin was conceived in original sin was promptly cut down by some passing soldiers was arrested by the inquisition and as soon as his wounds were healed was thrown into the secret prison for due prosecution under the papal decrees the dominicans and their followers found it hard to observe the discreet silence prescribed by the popes and in sixteen sixty one the spanish bishops united an earnest request to alexander the seventh representing that persons were still found who publicly denied the immaculate conception philip the fourth sent the bishop of plasencia to rome as a special envoy to convey this memorial resulting in the brief solicitudo of december eighth sixteen sixty one in which alexander expressly abstained from defining it as a dogma but forbade the teaching of the opposite as well as stigmatizing the opposite as heresy thus continuing the non-committal policy of his predecessors to prevent discussions and quarrels without deciding the question to this end he empowered all prelates and inquisitors to prosecute and punish transgressors severely no matter what exemptions they might claim and including even jesuits he also placed on the index all books impugning the immaculate conception and likewise those which should tax unbelievers with heresy this brief was received with great rejoicings by the upholders of the doctrine who regarded it as a triumph in valencia it was made the occasion of a splendid festival in which pasquinades on the opponents were plentiful one which was greatly applauded represented a dominican stretched on a sick-bed and watched by a jesuit a franciscan opening the door inquires how is the good brother to which the jesuit replies he is speechless but he still lives it was doubtless to the temper thus evinced that we may attribute the suppression by the suprema of the city's official report of the celebration the prohibition of one paper and the correction of another the brief was promptly transmitted to the tribunals by the suprema with orders for its enforcement which show how delicately such explosive material had to be handled they were cautioned that when they or their commissioners were present at sermons preached by dominicans they must be careful that any action taken was such as not to create scandal they were not trusted with prosecuting transgressors but were ordered beforehand to transmit to the suprema the sumerias with the opinions of the calificadores and to await instructions apparently the customary jealousy arose between the episcopal and inquisitorial jurisdictions for a carta accordata of sixteen sixty seven calls for information as to whether the ordinaries concurred in hearing cases or whether they were treated as belonging exclusively to the inquisition it was impossible to make the angry disputants keep the peace and the suprema was busy in condemning and suppressing writings on both sides in sixteen sixty three we find it ordering the seizure at the ports of two books printed in italy an edict of january sixty four suppressed fifteen books and tracts issued in sixteen sixty two and sixteen sixty three as indecent and irreverent to the holy see the religion of st dominic and the angelic dr aquinas another decree of december seventh sixteen seventy one suppressed two books indecently attacking the dominicans and another of prayers and exercises for the devotion of the immaculate conception by the franciscan provincial Banaqua books of devotion thus assumed a controversial character and we can safely assume this to be the cause of an order in sixteen seventy nine to seize at alcante and transmit to the suprema box of dominican breviaries i have chanced to meet with but few cases of prosecutions for impugning the immaculate conception but they occurred occasionally thus in seventeen eighty two don antonio fornes a pilot's mate of a naval vessel was tried in seville for obstinately denying it and in seventeen eighty five don Isidro moreno a physician and his son joaquin were brought before the saragossa tribunal for the same offense unnatural crime inherited from classical antiquity unnatural crime was persistent throughout the middle ages in spite of the combined efforts of church and state it is true that with the leniency shown to clerical offenders the council of lateran in eleven seventy nine prescribed for them only degradation or penitential confinement in a monastery which was carried into the canon law but secular legislation was more severe and the usual penalty was burning alive in spain in the thirteenth century the punishment prescribed was castration and lapidation but in fourteen ninety seven ferdinand and isabella decreed burning alive and confiscation irrespective of the station of the culprit the crime was mixtifori the law treated it as subject to the secular courts but it was also ecclesiastical and in fourteen fifty one nicholas v empowered the inquisition to deal with it when the institution was founded in spain it seems to have assumed cognizance for we are told that in fifteen o six the seville tribunal made it the subject of a special inquest there were many arrests and many fugitives and twelve convicts were duly burnt possibly this may have called attention to the incongruity of diverting the inquisition from its legitimate duties with the new christians for a decree of the suprema october fifteen o nine assumes that this had already been recognized and it informs the tribunals that they are not to deal with the crime as it was not within their jurisdiction this apparently settled the matter as far as the castilian kingdoms were concerned in aragon it does not appear that the early inquisition took cognizance of the matter as is shown by the curious connection of the crime with the rising of the germania in fifteen nineteen the city of valencia was suffering from a pestilence which had driven away most of the nobles and higher officials when on Saint magdalen's day june fourteenth fray luis castiglioli preached an eloquent sermon in which he attributed the pest to the wrath of god excited by the prevalence of the offence the populace were excited and hunted up four culprits who confessed and were duly burnt by the justiciary geronimo faragud on july twenty ninth there was a fifth a baker who wore the tonsure and was delivered to the episcopal court which sentenced him to veriguenza this dissatisfied the people who tore him from the spiritual authorities garroted and burnt him the governor was summoned and the leaders of the mob feared punishment there had been a scare concerning a rumored attack by the moors which had led the trades to form military companies these were further organized elected a chief and swore confraternity when recognizing their strength they utilized the opportunity of gratifying their hatred of the nobles and the rebellion broke out in all this the inquisition was evidently not thought of as having jurisdiction but possibly it may have drawn attention to the crime and led to an application to clement the seventh for a special brief placing it under inquisitorial jurisdiction bleda however tells us that when the duke of cessa ambassador at rome made request for such a brief he gave as a reason that it had been introduced into spain by the moors be this as it may the brief of clement february fifteen twenty-four, recites that cessa had represented the increasing prevalence of the crime and had asked for an appropriate remedy which the pope proceeded to grant the form in which it is drawn shows that the matter was regarded as wholly foreign to the regular duties of the holy office for it is addressed not to the inquisitor-general as usual but to the individual inquisitors of aragon catalonia and valencia and it authorizes them to subdelegate their powers to whom they please they are empowered to proceed against all persons lay or clerical of whatever rank either by accusation denunciation inquisition or of their own motion and to compel the testimony of unwilling witnesses that the offence was not ecclesiastical or heretical was admitted by the limitation that the trial was to be conducted in accordance with local municipal law but yet with singular inconsistency the episcopal ordinary was to be called in when rendering sentence the barcelona tribunal seems to have questioned in fifteen thirty seven whether the brief continued in force for the suprema wrote to it july eleventh that there had not been time to decide this positively but that it might continue to act Whatever doubts existed were settled in favor of the inquisition and the aragonese tribunals enjoyed the jurisdiction to the end the archbishop of saragossa had complained of being thus deprived of cognizance of these cases and it was restored to him by a brief of january sixteenth fifteen twenty five but at the request of charles v pope clement july fifteenth fifteen thirty evoked all pending cases to himself and committed them to the inquisitors with full power to decide them in conjunction with the ordinary castile was never included within the special grant in answer to some inquiring tribunal the suprema replied november sixth fifteen thirty four that the matter did not pertain to the inquisition nor was it deemed advisable to procure a brief conferring such power this was adhered to in fifteen seventy five the le tribunal was informed that it could not prosecute such cases as it had no faculty and about fifteen eighty the tribunal of peru was told not to meddle with it in any way except in cases of solicitation the consulta magna of sixteen ninety six states that philip the second towards the close of his reign applied to clement the eighth for a brief conferring the power on the castilian inquisition but the pope declined for the reason that the whole attention of the inquisitors should be concentrated on matters of faith majorca although belonging to the crown of aragon was not specifically included in the brief of clement the seventh and never assumed the power when in sixteen forty four the commissioner in Ibiza reported to inquisitor francisco gregorio about jaime Galestria, a cleric denounced for this offence gregorio replied that he had no jurisdiction still the tribunal was accustomed to arrest offenders and hand them over for trial to the secular judges so he sent a warrant for the arrest of Galastria, even though he had taken asylum in a church it is symptomatic that arrest by the inquisition for a crime over which it had no jurisdiction was considered a matter of course sicily also belonged to aragon but was not included in fifteen sixty nine philip the second ordered the death penalty to be rigidly enforced without exceptions and that the informer should receive twenty ounces from the estate of the convict but this was slackly obeyed by the secular courts and in the concordia of fifteen ninety seven he reserved the crime exclusively to the inquisition with the understanding that a papal brief should be applied for relieving inquisitors from irregularity for relaxing culprits application was accordingly made to clement the eighth but after philip's death the viceroy duke of maqueda and the ambassador the duke of Sessa, at the instance of influential sicilians urged clement to refuse which he not only did but forbade the inquisition to take cognizance of such cases the tribunal complained that this deprived it of its jurisdiction over its own officials to which the reply was that it was not the pope's intention to exonerate them from it the tribunal therefore continued to punish its own guilty ministers and the number of cases cited would seem to indicate that the crime was by no means uncommon the punishments inflicted were comparatively moderate occasionally imprisonment for life or banishment perpetual or temporary from the place of offending or deprivation of office with heavy fines dr martin Rial, who tells us this writing in sixteen thirty eight further informs us that throughout italy the crime was everywhere treated with a leniency wholly inadequate to its atrocity the roman inquisition moreover took no cognizance of it when in sixteen forty four some conventual franciscans rendered themselves conspicuous by sounding the praises of the practice the congregation contented itself with ordering their superiors to proceed against them with severity in portugal the third had no sooner got his inquisition into working order than he was seized with the desire to obtain for it jurisdiction over the pecado mayo this he pursued with characteristic obstinacy while the papacy manifested its customary repugnance it was not until after his death that pious the fourth in a brief of february twenty fifteen sixty two committed the decision to the conscience of cardinal henrique confirming in advance what he might do but trials were to be conducted according to municipal law Enrique had no scruples but in fifteen seventy four he applied to gregory the thirteenth for confirmation and for using the process for heresy in these cases when again the pope committed to him the decision and ratified it in advance in sixteen forty the regulations prescribed that the offence is to be tried like heresy, and the punishment is to be either relaxation or scourging and the galleys in a case occurring in the Lisbon auto of seventeen twenty three The sentence was scourging, and ten years of galley service End of section sixty five